Wir gehen jetzt in den Wassers los. It's Deinen Freundo, Seth, I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Listen. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Lily Zalvadar. Hello. Ryan Altano. What's up? And none other than Jared Petty. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey. Thank you so much for coming on. They I put, was. Oh, go ahead. I was right. going to say they put the bald people on the side of the table. <laughs> That's how it works? Yeah, absolutely. I like to uh, yeah, keep it separate here. No. This doesn't look. If there was one more of us, uh, like people would call the police. You think so? There's <laughs> this many bald guys all in a row? Yeah, but yeah that's a problem. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I love this show. It, it feels like home being here right yeah. now. Yeah. So. And you're, you're a big old school Nintendo fan, former IGN dude. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of my kind of my you jam. Know, you know uh, your ish. Yeah, and now I, I getting to be here and be a part of this cast and, and sit down with. I I, I just let, met Lily and Philip for the first time today. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's it feels just really rad to to walk back into the building and see so much energy and see people doing such spectacular work. I listen to the show every week. I love it and. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like that really like amped up fanboy that that comes through the office. You're just like, oh man, I get to meet Philip and I get to meet Lily. And I get to, <laughs> it's, it's just a wonderful experience. It's funny you say that because when I heard that you were going to be a guest on NBC, I was like, holy crap, Jared Petty's going to be a guest on NBC. I'm oh. super excited. Uh, you set your expectations too low, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I I you know I've always been a fan of your work even oh. before I worked at IGN and while you were working at IGN, I followed your work. So well, Re thank you. Very cool. Yeah. Really, really, really quick. I want to do this really 
really quickly because I've never, I don't think I've ever actually publicly thank you on a show for this. But um, when the Nintendo Switch launched a year ago this week, uh, I, like many others, got that email from the, from Amazon uh, saying, we hate you, and here's a JPEG of a middle finger, and your <laughs> oh, Switch nice. is not being delivered on the release date. And then the next morning, it didn't show up either. That entire day here at IGN was Christmas for many, and then just the worst for, for some. And people were leaving with their Switches. Packages were coming. Shipments were coming. People were like, I got my Switch, and they were going home. And I went home that night. And I got a notification from Amazon saying that my Switch might not arrive until, like, Monday. And I tweeted out, like, I, I never, ever do this, but I took, like, the world's saddest photo of myself <laughs> and tweeted it out. It was a sad photo. It was super sad. It was the kind of thing where it was just like, I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for here. I just, I, I'm, I don't I genuinely use social media for, like, compassion and stuff like that. It's usually just like, hey, look at this dumb thing I made. I'm embarrassed of it. Uh, Jared Petty uh, said that he had accidentally ordered a second Nintendo Switch. Well, I, How do you I think accidentally ordered. Well, was I was an afraid of this happening. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I I just kind of went out there and I think I ordered four of them yeah. from different places uh, to make sure that I got mine because I knew people would need them afterwards. So if I yeah. got spares, there'd be a easy situation. You give me way too much credit for this. All I did was sell you a bare switch I had laying around. I you mean, have no idea how happy you made me. You drove like, all the way down to Redwood City. I drove all the way down. My brought wife a bottle I of wine. Brought, brought, I, I would have brought, brought anything. I brought money too, of course. But yeah, I, I came down there. I, I I I took the switch off of your wife's hands that she had, and then I went home and basically just opened it up. And and then I think I tweeted a, just a very happy picture of myself. I'm like, I got it. Yeah, it's here. I remember it's the happiest thing. So uh, yeah, I've been covering that system literally every day since. Um, that weekend would have been very hard for me. Um, in the grand scheme of things, that's the First worldiest problem on earth, but thank no. you for solving well, it. Well, it's a problem, but it's also a reminder. I mean, Nintendo is, they, they frustrate us, they drive us crazy sometimes, but Nintendo has, in the overall arc of things, made most of our lives much better. Yeah. Uh, no matter what our age or, or what our backgrounds, Nintendo's found ways to bring us joy. And that's a good reminder. I agree. That, yeah. that I totally agree. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Well, let's just jump right into the main topics today. We've got a lot to talk about, but one of the most exciting pieces of news has to be that new costumes have been discovered in Mario Odyssey thanks to data miners. So um, stuff like a baseball uniform, a conductor outfit, racing outfit, Santa outfit. Uh, there's even a Satella View suit. This the, I was just ready to die with it. A Satella View <laughs> outfit. I don't even know yeah. what that's going to look like. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's oh. exciting. I mean, there's no images for any of this stuff, so obviously we can't show you guys. But I can tell you that they are linked to a timed release that is connected to Nintendo servers, so we can't trigger them, or data miners or hackers won't be able to trigger them themselves. But um, like I'd mentioned before, there's a Santa outfit. There's also a zombie outfit. I'm into mm -hmm. it. So I'm guessing that maybe Nintendo might stagger these costumes out. Like, um, like Halloween and Christmas? Right, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. the zombie one fits perfect for Halloween. Zombies you know. do tend to stagger. That they also, they've already released a skeleton <laughs> costume, so I don't know if they'll just, like, you know, glue some flesh to it and send them out in the wild. Yeah. Oh, you could do that, definitely. I, I, the Satellaview thing really grabs me because yeah. that's, you know, the Satellaview games are lost to us. We, we can't really experience them the way they were intended to be experienced. And, and it's one of those things where, like, unless you have a time machine, you're never going to get to know what it was like. And, and so I, I just can't wait to see what this, what this is. Yeah. It makes me really happy when Nintendo acknowledges sort of the forgotten corners of their past like that. You mm -hmm. know, like every now and then they'll be like, the virtual boy, we're not hiding it. It exists, yeah. and we remember it. And you're like, that's so cool. There were like three or four good Virtual Boy games. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I love Mario Clash. Red Alarm oh, rules. Oh, Red Alarm's great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We could do this World, for at least right? the next 10 yeah. seconds. Yeah, that Space Invaders game is pretty good. Yep. And yeah, of course, Wario. Yeah. Mario Clash, good time. I mm -hmm. keep looking Nester's at the Rango suit and just thinking about Rango, like the Nickelodeon movie. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I just thought have that Mario was. Mario in a giant lizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, a, just a drunk Johnny Depp in a lizard costume. I'm into that. I was wondering about this with these, and I was talking with uh, Philip about this before we started recording, but how many of these are Mario? You know, so many of the ones in Odyssey are are from Mario's past. But like yeah. a zombie costume, I don't think I've ever seen that. It might be tucked away in a corner of no, some I, game I've forgotten. I believe Wario was a zombie in one game. Okay, that was that like was a power fun. up. But oh. I think the most important thing about this is um, this game is going to continue to get content. That's yeah. the, that's right. the big that's the big thing here. Um, 
Which data data miners will find because that's what they do. They're at least in the form of content, or yeah. I mean, at least in the form of I'm of sorry, costumes. Costumes, yeah, yeah. 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 So data miners, yeah. those are those guys that are looking for bitcoins, right? Yeah, they're out there. They're okay. finding them. The data miners, they're getting <laughs> okay. that. They're getting that money. All right, yeah, that's how that works. Weird fake money. Um, no, so this is cool. I I hope that we get to see this game live and grow for a long time. This is the best selling Switch game, correct? Yeah, yeah. So it feels like we're gonna get more stuff. We just got the new balloon mode with Luigi. You know, mm -hmm. not getting like his it. own. Which Odyssey. is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. I would have loved to see more Luigi in Mario Odyssey. Yeah, but it's, I agree. It's nice that we got a little taste of him. Luigi's so. mansion. Do you think that Nintendo Quite has? Week by week. <laughs> yeah. Is it just year of Luigi trauma? Like you just you know now they just kind of cover their heads whenever the name said for a while. I'm like no, don't suggest more Luigi in anything. Yeah, we brought this up before. That was a great celebration of Luigi. Also a fiscally disastrous year for Nintendo. So yeah. It's yeah. weird that those go hand in hand. I love Luigi. I always mm -hmm. will. He's such a wonderful, stupid character. Like he's he's just like this scared, timid version of Mario that doesn't really get any of the reward that Mario gets. Except in Smash Brothers, where for some reason he's like a guy with a razor blade in his boot. Well, what about Mario Kart? He's got the death stare. Yeah, well, that's he's, it. Yeah, he's like solid death stare. Yeah, yeah, sometimes he's got like, kind of a split personality, though, right? Yeah, well, he's got some inner demons. What is it in Paper Mario? The, like, which one is it? I don't remember which one, but... Luigi turns into like Nega Luigi, and then he like kind of gets evil. Yeah, super and super Paper Mario. Cool, yes. yeah. cool Luigi. Yes, mm -hmm. then that's that's where I think all of his like inner demons come out. And I love like, that. Luigi, this is how you really feel. <laughs> Ooh boy, you're not yep. as timid as we think you are. I know, I know. He's yeah, he's he's a good dude. He's out there. He's getting work done, finding those bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> finding those bitcoins. Data well, mining. <laughs> well, in further news, um, it looks like Hal Laboratories of all companies, has released a mobile game called Part-Time UFO, uh, which is incredible. I mean, I, I've been playing a bunch of this game over the last couple of days, and it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's like $4 on iOS. I believe it's the same price on Android. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty cool. Like... HAL Laboratories, of course, is responsible for Kirby, um, as well as some of the Smash Brothers series, not all of them. Um, but yeah, so to me, this game feels like something that was lifted straight out of like Kirby's dreamland, like assets of it or something. Um, the claw experience itself, uh, particularly. I think it's really cool that they're mixing it up. Have you guys had a chance to play it at I all? Literally, I, I, I literally just bought it. I was like, oh my God, really? As I was talking? Yeah, I, I guess I had. I've been busy this week and I didn't catch this. And I was like, what? HAL has a new game on iOS on it. Yep. Yeah. So Philip and I were talking before the show, and he's like, "Hey, uh, there's this uh, there's this new Hal game." And I was like, "Oh!" So I ran out and I played it for a grand total of probably ten minutes. So I'm a real expert now. I'm sold. It's it's delightful. Uh, you, just, you just bought it too? Yeah, I bought it. I bought it seriously like half an hour ago. Are you a viral marketer? Uh, he's amazing. <laughs> but no, it's a Hal really? game, so I'm going to buy it. That's kind of how yep. it works with Hal I games think to me. But it, it is it is just like it's the simplest premise. It works great on mobile. Uh, it really does. It's perfect for it. If you ever go to Japanese arcades, you know the UFO catchers? Yeah. So yeah. it's a literal UFO catcher. You're a little UFO and you have the catchy claw. Mm -hmm. And it's just about holding the button down for just the right amount of time and then timing stuff. You're playing under a timer. You're getting in-game currency that you used to unlock new levels in-game. You get bonuses for trying to do things in optimal order. It's simple, easily understandable, gets more complicated quickly. It's fun. I really does like it, it. Does it have the sort of Smash Brothers-y uh, slash, and they did this too, Kirby's Air Ride-y subscreen where you're basically uh, kind of meta accomplishing a bunch of little things like knock 100 people off the thing or grab a, you, you know what I'm talking it's, about? It's got little bonusy challenges in it, but it's not exactly the same as that. Okay. No. Um, I love the art style. Uh, Philip, yeah. you played more of it than any of us. Yeah, yeah. The art style is really cool. I like the the puzzles in it in particular. Like, it does have that claw mechanic. I played this fishing game where you actually have to scoop up fish and then put them in a boat. But then there was also this other game where you had to build a structure. And you, there's not just one way to do it. There's multiple ways to build. So it's actually really cool. Um, and obviously, the the more perfect you build it, the higher score you get. So there's, you know, uh, incentive to come back and try to right. get better if you want to. And what's really cool, too, is you can, um, there's an option for two-handed mode play and one-handed mode play mm -hmm. so you can just switch that on the fly as well um, and one thing worth noting too is that this game was actually initially released in Japan this past November so it's this is the first time we're seeing it over here on this side of the world yeah. and the localization yep. seems pretty good I, I've had fun with it it reminds me uh, again time for Jared to talk about Japan but uh, when I lived over there the video arcades uh, were probably about 30, 40% UFO catchers. We, we call them claw machines every yeah. year, I think. And they're big and elaborate, and they're full of great prizes. Can, like I, can I ask you, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in one? 
Oh my gosh! I might have an answer that's well, weirder. Obviously, porn. Um, okay. I've definitely seen There's porn that. in them. Um, and uh, I've seen porn. I've seen f- movies. I've seen cash. I've seen dolls. I've seen statuettes. And- I saw um, freeze dried lobster dinners. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a lot of food in them. Yeah. yeah so it's just like, full, like a full, like dried out lobster in a box. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm really hungry, but I don't want to buy dinner because that guarantees that I have food. Yeah. What if I rolled the dice on dinner <laughs> and tried to pick it up with a claw? And it is rolling the dice, but I would go to the arcades. I was never any good at them. I get things every now and then, but there are people who do this all the time. And they have learned the skills, and arcade operators have to be really careful what they put in what machines and how to stack them because there are people that are so good at this. Oh yeah. That, that they can just re- fairly reliably pull nice prizes out of these machines. Wow. And so they're, they're you'd watch them sometimes just be like, and sometimes they're kids. They'll just be like, and you know, some $50 prize drops down in front of them. It's like, well done child. Well done. And I think this game kind of ties into that cultural aspect there. That's a very important part of just walking around any shopping center in Japan. But I think it'll translate well here. I don't think you have to. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking about claw, like instead of card counters, claw, claw people. Yeah. They don't like when you call them claw people. The claw people. Lobster, Lob- lobster men. <laughs> lobster men. Prefer, yeah. I just keep going back to the the end of Toy Story three. I mean, that's that's oh, the constant. claw. The claw. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to play this game. Yeah. yeah I try to find it. I'm gonna buy it after this. Um. So apparently, Nintendo added a review system to their website for Switch games, DS games, all their games. Um. And it was there for a total of five days before they decided to <laughs> take it down. So I'm not exactly sure why they took it down. They did release a statement saying that it's it was a trial period. Essentially, they were experimenting with it, and it's it's a temporary takedown, so it mm. could potentially come back. Um, we don't know exactly when, but um, what do you guys think about that? Uh, so weird. Why? It's interesting. I, I, okay. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm actually like sort of disgruntled with, and this is not a Nintendo thing, but sort of the UI user review systems that are kind of coming and going across everything we use in general. Uh, Netflix for the longest time had a really good system of sort of like letting people know the quality of something, yeah. and then they gutted it, and now it's more like you're going to like this movie. And you're like, how do you know that? You don't know that. (laughs) Um, And so I I think there is a value to that. I like seeing that stuff. That said, these companies do control the stores and the storefronts and the digital interfaces that they have. So it is on them to sort of decide how much that information they want to give us. Uh, But I think for the average player, if they want to jump onto the eShop and buy a title, it's good service to know what hundreds of other people thought about it, you know? And I think with um, Steam does a thing that's really good where basically you can't necessarily review it until you've spent a certain amount of time with with the title. And that's that's a good system to have. Uh, That's also the same way they work um, in sort of uh, letting you refund your money. Like if you've played X amount and you don't like it, you can say like, oh, I've only done less than two hours. This game's not for me. I want my money back. So I think like all those systems in place are good uh, consumer practices. It's kind of a bummer to see this go away because it feels like it's part of a bigger trend where user reviews in general are getting removed from a lot of places. That said, you look at user reviews on movies that they have to shut down Facebook groups and people are (laughs) bombing Rotten Tomatoes and you can see how these powers are being used for evil sometimes. So yeah, it's sort of a mixed bag, but I think there is a value to them somewhere in there. Yeah, they might. I mean, they might be implementing like they might have tr- done it as a trial and then mm-hmm. they might have looked at what Steam is doing, because I think all of the things that Steam does would be a great um, of great value for Nintendo to mm-hmm. like, take a look at and implement on their systems. I think they're just concerned that people will just like bomb certain games and just say this is absolute garbage right. or um, when they haven't even played it. And they already have like the times like you can see what games you've played at what time or yeah. how many hours. Yeah, they have that info. Yeah. So like. All of the things that Steam has, maybe they could use it in Nintendo, and they just kind of maybe brought this out too early. I'm, I'm totally with you. If you yeah. look at um, Metacritic and the way they handle user reviews, uh, people are able to basically bomb 
a uh, a movie before it comes out. Like literally, it's not even out yet. And with games, um, we don't really have that. Steam does a good job of it, but there was also in like sort of an outlet that's been a- around for a while called Cinescore. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know about yeah. it? Yeah. And so they they effectively poll people on the way out of the theater and they say like, "What'd you think of it?" And they write it down. So you have to have seen the movie or purchased a ticket or seen an advanced screening or something. There's a a paper trail there, like a proof. Right. Um, and I think that that's not impossible to do with Nintendo. I mean, if they are tracking your purchases, which I assume they are, uh, to be able to say, like, you bought Mario Odyssey, you're allowed to to say, I like this game or I don't like this game. I yeah. mean, yeah, it, it could be, it could even just have been a few days technical trial to, to mm-hmm. get enough metrics that they can figure out, hey, okay, we know we have these plans we want to implement, but we need to figure out how many people are hitting which parts of the site, how mm-hmm. we can drive them to what we know we want them to get to so that they can leave useful feedback. But I want to piggyback for a second on something you said about, about the Netflix system. And this kind of applies overarching. I'm not just specifying this to Nintendo. One of the things to think about uh, when you're looking at how a company is trying to push something towards you is also in a large company maybe – how things inside the company might be affecting what they're trying to get in front of you in the case of a place like Netflix. And the best illustration I've ever seen of this is by uh, the writer Douglas Adams, who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In one of his books, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, there's a character who wrote a piece of project management software. And it was spectacularly successful. What the software is supposed to do is you put in a bunch of parameters and then it gives you the best solution. But the way the software actually works, even though it's pretending to do that, and the reason it's so successful in business, is because you tell it what you want it to tell you at the end. Yeah. And then it justifies the path and shows how that's the best course. When it comes to things like, let's say, metrics and driving you towards something like the way Netflix does, there may be stakeholders in the company going, hey, this is my thing. And it's important, and we want to make sure this gets in front of people. Mm -hmm. And look, we've got that because numbers, especially internal numbers, always easier to prove. Right. And that's what, you know, when you get down to that performance review, that's what shows that that you're the next step up. You're the big innovator. I don't think that there's as much of that maybe in Nintendo as there's going to be in, in some other sites that have already perfected the algorithms down to the point that they're maybe becoming detrimental. Right, right, um, right. But I do think that that actually I'm kind of happy they took it down because I think it means they're thinking about the way right. they're going to approach yeah. this. That's, that's so. not a Nintendo way. Nintendo loves to tell you what you want, yeah. but they've never been subtle about it. <laughs> they're better at telling you what you want than anybody. They're like, buy cardboard. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sure, I want it, uh, but they're not. So I actually regard this as kind of a good sign because of that. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like the the interesting thing about this is that this this is not like Nintendo's front end is not just Nintendo games. You know, it's third party games too. So you get into this sort of. Um, the conversation becomes bigger than something that's self-serving for them. Like when I go on Amazon, one of the cool things about Amazon is that I can sort of um, track the parameters in which I want to define in which I search for something, right? If I go like, I want the most best or the best reviewed product for under $20 that will also be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I can do all that, right? If I want the most expensive thing that the most people hate that will take the longest to get here, I can also track that. It's insane, <laughs> but I can do it. Now, if I want, if I go on the eShop on Switch and I go like, I want the highest rated under $20 2D platforming game. I can't yeah, necessarily you, do that, right? Yeah, right? You, so yeah, you won't be able to find that maybe now, but maybe now, maybe in the future. Yeah, so yeah. that's the kind of I think that's a goal to strive toward, right? And uh, and then from there, then it sort of consolidates. It goes, well, these are third parties or these are first parties. This doesn't really matter. It just puts them all on a grid, and it goes, this is nine ninety nine, this is seven ninety nine, this is sixteen ninety nine. This one has. 50 out of 55 gold stars or whatever right. whatever the system is. I so. totally, Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think they need that mm-hmm. for the eShop in particular. Um, and just to go off of what Jared was, said, or was saying as well, um, I think that this is just Nintendo preparing for their online system. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're getting ready. They're planting seeds. They're thinking about it. Obviously, they know that a review system is necessary. Um, and so it's just exciting to see them start implementing these ideas a little earlier than the actual online mm-hmm. comes out. You yep. know what I mean? So we won't... We could potentially have a much smoother launch of the online system when it does happen and you know we do get a, a, a much more elaborate search system and a review system and stuff like that so yeah yeah would be great very cool in further news uh so we talked a little bit about payday on the show last week payday 2 for mm-hmm. switch but i did want to bring up some news because uh starbury studios 
has gone on record and commented that saying saying that they're waiting for Nintendo to add Payday to uh, to their to the Nintendo mobile voice chat app. Right. So they've actually put in the request uh, with Nintendo, and I guess it's just sort of figuring out the in betweens and and sort of working with Nintendo to bring that game to a more I guess communicative aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. But it, do they want that? That's the thing, too. Have they talked to Splatoon 2 players about that and how we kind of just use Discord for that? Right. Have they? Have they? Because they should. <laughs> um, well, you know, Discord works really well for, for any game that you're playing with friends, but it doesn't work well if you're matchmaking into a payday game or something like right, that, like right. with a bunch of random people. So... You know, as much as it kind of sucks using the voice chat app um, right now on Nintendo Switch with Splatoon, uh, it would have been nice to have that support with Payday just because, you know, for somebody who's been playing a lot of it, because I obviously I did the review for it, um, it would have been nice to be able to communicate with random people uh, to have that teamwork because this is a game that just... It's built on teamwork. It's yeah. built on communication. The you can play it single player, but the AI is so garbage in this game. They're just like <laughs> the teammates. The enemy AI can actually do a lot more than your teammates can do with like um, picking up money bags and like you know g- gathering the crowd and stuff like that. Whereas your teammates are really just there to revive you if you're playing right, single right. player. So yep. it's a little unfortunate. Um, and it's just it's such for such a heavily multiplayer based game. I feel like this is something that Nintendo needed to sort of predict. They needed to anticipate some, you know, games like this wanting to jump on the platform. Yeah. Also, this this problem is not going away for third parties in general, right? And the right. the the Switch is doing tremendously well. Um, yeah. And I have a feeling that more companies will want to bring their games to it, and more games in these modern days lean on this aspect of communication. And there's going to need to be a solution eventually that just works for everybody. Yeah. We hope. We've been saying for a while. but In September. Almost as if that was a predictable need. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We knew that going in. Um, Do any of you guys have an Amazon Alexa? I do. Yeah. Do you know? Have you heard about this Pikachu thing that's apparently available for Amazon Alexa? No. Done it. So you can now talk to Pikachu on your Amazon Alexa. Yeah. If you download it, apparently. Miranda's um, having a great time. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, Alexa's voice turns into Pikachu's voice. I'm not sure how informative Pikachu can be with you, but like telling you about the weather and stuff. But Pikachu can say things like Pika Pika and Pikachu back to you, which is which is fun. Top two quotes. Right. Um, Hey, hey Alexa, can you um buy me some like Tide Pods? Pika Pika. I th- I think that's a yes. Yeah, I, also you <laughs> you literally just like triggered like thousands of Alexas. Yeah. Oh. Because you know that's how that works, right? Oh no. Well, yeah, I have one, Tide Pods. I have one in my apartment and it's super weird because we'll be like I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about another friend of mine who broke up with a girl who has that same name as her. And I was like, Yeah, Alexa's kind of the kind of crappy for breaking up with my friend and Alexa in my room was like what are you talking about why did you bring me up I'm good friends with Alexa Ray Korea from Wikia and I'm getting her one for Christmas this year just, oh, just to irritate her yeah. I, I really can't wait I think she and her boyfriend have a lot of fun with that yeah. it's just every day being it's kind of like the Xbox off thing you just want to stick it in the middle of videos just oh, to gosh. shout it remember just, yeah. just to tick people off it was delightful Yeah, but yeah uh, those things are creepy and I'm terrified and I, I don't want I don't want no poke Pokemans inside my <laughs> inside my my house that you I didn't bring in. in. Well, I love the Pokemans, but I want to be cute and snuggly and not robotic and That's true. predatory and invading my privacy. I think yeah. it's a great idea as long as you can turn it off. Yeah, yeah. If it just if that's it forever, then I'm, I'm no. It's like a one and done. You can't yeah. go back once you go Pikachu. I thought, yeah. I thought it would just <laughs> be. Go back. I thought it would just be on Nash, or like was it National Pokemon Day? Yeah. I thought it was just going to be then. Is it like forever now? I think it's forever. Yeah, oh, I think they just released it on Pokemon Day. And I, the only thing I remember about Pokemon ever was a. Uh, when they had the Google Maps and like Pokemon combined together, and you had to go searching for all 151 Pokemon, and if you did it like in 24 hours, you get like a Google business card that says oh, your official yeah. Pokemon trainer. Oh, yeah, right. I remember that? Yeah, right. that, that was like the the prototype Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. It was many sleepless nights and many Reddits. Did you do it? Yeah, you completed it. 
Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Mew was the hardest one. Like at certain hours, he'd be in Brazil or he'd be in like different parts of the world and you had to like be there at the right time and zoom in and catch him. That's still the case. You just have to fly to those places. <laughs> Go it's like, it's, that's what Andrew Goldfarb We have someone here. Yeah, yeah Andrew. It's, it's yeah. pretty insane. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Lily. Oh, yeah. For thank joining you for having us. Yeah, for this yeah. first segment. Um, yeah. yeah and I will we, magically turn into Pear. Yes. Oh, Pear. wow. That's Pear incredible. Will be, yeah. Pear will be back with us for segment two <laughs> as we talk about the new releases for the week. Stick around. Here we go. And welcome back for part two of Nintendo Voice Chat. And as you can see, we're here with Pear Schneider. Hello. Back from the meeting rooms that he lives inside of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and sorry, don't mind them. Don't mind these two guys. They're just playing the brand new Kirby Star Allies demo that just dropped on the eShop um, just a few days ago, or just yesterday, actually. Wow. Um, on the European eShop specifically, mm -hmm. though. So let's keep that in mind. Yeah, I've mentioned uh, this before. It's super easy to make an account for another region, and you should totally do that because cool stuff jumps on those platforms all the time. And it's there's, working. yeah. I'm, uh, on the Japanese eShop, you'll find demos for games that will never come out here. Right. And, yeah. and then, yeah, obviously, this was on the European one. So I, I have an American, a Japanese, and a European account set up. Yeah. What's a Japanese eShop game we should be trying? That we haven't. It's not I don't know. I don't. I don't have enough experience with with some of the ones that haven't come out here okay. yet. I know that the game uh, Kamiko came there before it That's came right, here. Yeah. Um, and I was Disgaea playing. Five came out like yeah, four yeah, months way before. before. Yeah, that, yeah, that that kind of stuff is crazy. A lot of times, there's been games that get there first uh, yeah. that we don't have here for a while. It, well, with Disgaea, there's so much localization yeah. uh, that makes sense. There are a bunch of bad puzzle games too. Yeah. Um, you can also <laughs> buy eShop point cards for other regions on uh, websites like PlayAsia. Yeah, um, and they're it ends up costing like a dollar more, and they email you a code that you can then redeem immediately. So if you're sitting there and you're home by yourself, and you're like, I want to download a game from the Japanese shop, and you don't have a Japanese credit card, you can kind of get around it. You yep. used to be able to get them off Amazon really easily. Yeah, yeah I don't know if they're still there. I haven't checked in a minute, but you yeah, get them like Target too. Japanese ones? Not oh, not Japanese ones. That's oh. right. Only only the U.S. ones. Mm. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, but it's been a long day, pair. Definitely, long if you ha if you haven't made like targeto. <laughs> Japanese targeto. <laughs> if you haven't made um, multiple eShop accounts for different regions, highly recommend you do. There are obviously some different games on there, and some games come out a little bit earlier on the Japanese eShop sometimes. Um, but yeah, so that's Kirby. I mean, what do you guys think about the demo? Um, I a very very brief amount of play there, so I think Pear probably ought to talk about this. She's played it longer than I have. Yeah, I played there two two levels in it, uh, an easy and a hard uh, a hard level, but hard in Kirby means you can beat it on your first attempt. I mean, the, the first stage uh, ends with a Wispy Woods fight, like every mm. every Kirby game. What's up with uh, that tree? It's just, it's a cantankerous <laughs> little apple tree. You know what it's, I think is happening with yeah. that tree? I think that tree drops apples that feed all of the creatures in this game, and Kirby wants the tree dead so they can starve and not fight him anymore. I think it's a Tokinian Hjorn, the uh, the ent that uh, later grew into a shadowy heart and became more tree-ish. Oh, oh my let's God. not be too tasty. <laughs> Very good. Um, oh, well, tree beer. Yeah, uh, no, I... Um, so I played a little bit. Um, it's really fun. It's got a built-in four-player mode. You can try that out actually with the uh, with the demo as well. We just popped off the two Joy-Con. We're playing two-player together. Uh, the whole game is set up around the concept that Kirby can make friends. So like you toss hearts at people, mm -hmm. and then they join you. Uh, you can't do that with uh, with enemies. Enemies you can still take their powers, but you can have your friends join you, and then your friends can power you up. So if you've got like uh, you know Leo, who's this this flame uh, guy, he can power up your sword to be flame, which means then you can set like um, like uh, bombs uh, on fire and they blow up and stuff. Yeah, I, cool. I love the mainline Kirby games and I love just about any game Nintendo's done over the last few years where they, they have that wonderful four-player drop-in thing. Yes. It's, it's just delightful. And Kirby's such a good fit for it. I played uh, Canvas Curse, or not Canvas Curse, pardon me, um, oh, Epic Yarn, yeah. yep. uh, two-player, and, and love playing through it that way. But it it's, looks to me like it's going to be like Mario, but without the painful chaos that you sometimes got in, in Mario Wii and Mario Wii U. Yeah, like that Kirby thing where you jump on Toad's head by accident and then you fall in lava 10 times. Yeah, and I, and I pause this for a second when somebody dies. You like, I love that. And I love that. It's one of those <laughs> yeah. things that made that game great, truly great. But if you're not into the constant dying part of it or being mean to your friends part, Kirby's a much more forgiving game. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I think it's a really smart pairing. 
What yeah. they do, what they do really well. First of all, drop in, drop out. You can like stop playing anytime and join a friend and start again. Um, there, there are times when you have to team up. You just saw it in the footage if you're watching this, um, where you know four care four players have to hang from these these pulley things, or they have to stand on a platform to activate something. When you're playing alone, the AI is smart enough to do it for you. Also, sometimes the teams get split up, and mm -hmm. the other two characters will do something in order to open the path. Mm. But what's really cool is when they all combine to something. Like they'll we're playing the second level where they all combine into this wheel and yeah. they roll down the hill and you're both in control and you have to jump and stuff. It was so much it's fun. Very, very charming, uh, fun is, little game. It's also a really good looking game. It's, you know, it's it doesn't run at 60. There was the mini freak out from fans because Kirby games usually are simple in graphics but very smooth. It runs at 30, but they do a lot more with particles. Mm -hmm. So Wispy Woods has all these like leaves on it and they all move individually or when you blow something up there's like 50 stars falling out at, uh, yeah. down at once. Yeah, so. frame rate's important but it does look great and mm -hmm. I Nintendo doesn't get enough credit for the software engineering skill they have. They're generally working with less powerful hardware in terms of just raw horsepower under the hood and yet they make these tremendously smooth beautiful games consistently. Oh yeah. yeah. And, no, I still maintain that the, um, Mario Kart 8 can go toe to toe in, in the graphics and art department with any game from last gen. It's very pretty, yeah. Yep. Yep. I, you, you played it a little bit too, right? Oh, yeah, I did. Impression? I, I played it like a month ago, oh, actually. Yeah, fancy. Pants. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play this demo's release on my own personal Switch, but I went and played it at a private event, and um, I love it. I mean, I'm generally not the biggest Kirby fan, but this is a fun Kirby game to play with like a group of friends. Like Pear was saying, you know, yeah. like it's really cool to just be able to have drop in, drop out connectivity like that. So. I, I'm in the same boat with Kirby games, where there's like most of them, I'm just kind of like eh, about, but. There's the occasional one that like I hundred percent mm. like it's either it's either just like sort of like oh this isn't really for me or this is one of my favorite games in a long time so, so you, I think that's where this you like Robo 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 Bot I did I like it this game I has it. the this game has the kind of like escalation of power where stuff gets more powerful and ridiculous yep. that Robobot has. yeah no I love that and I also you know I love Super Mario Odyssey I love the 3D Mario games I do miss that four player chaotic co op of mm -hmm. New Super mm -hmm. Mario Brothers yeah like that's one of the things you know for when we look back on the Wii U I actually loved the fact that it launched with a four-player 2D side-scrolling Mario game. Yep. Um, well, and in lieu of that, getting one of those... That game is a lot better than people remember. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Respected video game journalist Jeremy Parrish says Super Mario Brothers Wii U is the best Mario game. Mm -hmm. And his argument is very compelling. Uh, the, the fact that that game succeeds so well as a one-player game, but also succeeds equally well as a five-player game. Yeah. How hard is that to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, no, it's true. That's it, amazing. There's some good stuff in it. Mm -hmm. yep. Super Mario World's better. <laughs> and three. Oh, yeah. Um, well. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Sorry. And 64. Oh, okay. All right. All okay. Right. That's it. I'm with you on 64, but let's let's go easy with some of the other ones. All right. Say Mario 2 next. Super no. Mario Land 1. No. Wario Wood. No. Knock their heads together, Philip. <laughs> Knock their heads together. I think Philip wants to say something. Philip, what do you got, man? Take the, take the show back. Take I'm it back. Pass from out us. over here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with another surprise release uh, from us this week, or, or for us this week, excuse me, Outlast came out of nowhere on Switch. Did anyone see that coming? No, I mean, so we, this it, is what a cool surprise. Like, yeah, I love stuff like this. I, I first of all, I love the whole business model of it's available right now. Like mm -hmm. that's such a cool thing that oh, yeah. that you can do now. Um, and here's here's Malaco, which does not look at all like Atlas, but <laughs> um, very similar in premise. There is a there is a weird man, like half naked man, running around that game as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little different consequences for yeah. bumping into him, though. Yeah, no, Atlas is really cool. I think it's um it's it's good to see uh, like a truly dedicated horror game on Switch that's really awesome. Um, I wasn't a fan of Don't Knock Twice, and then there was the one that um, Layers of Fear, which yeah. I actually like a lot. Yeah. It's growing on me. Mm -hmm. um, but this is this is a fantastic game. Um, this was a, sort of like a streaming darling for for a while there. Yeah. Like everyone who played it, because like, it's scary. It's really scary. It's funny yeah. to watch people jump in this yep. game. Yeah. Well, well, horror games just kind of came back out of nowhere. They they seem to be you know Silent Hill Shadow memories which is a beautiful game mm -hmm. a really mm -hmm. fascinating game kind of got completely overlooked when it came out and then you you had the online community around uh five nights at freddy's and and slender man and things like that but 
by and large as a as a mainstream experience on console in particular, it kind of went underground for a bit. Those games helped resurrect it. Now suddenly we've got this this new crop of marvelous yeah. horror games. I love that. I also love what you said about games just dropping out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's Stapleton who said the the way he'd like to see Half Life Three launches it just shows up on Steam one day. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just unannounced. You know it's gonna be, happen. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. If we uh, ever get one, that's how it's gonna happen. Um, one of the cool things I didn't realize going into the Nintendo Switch because it's not something I really identify with previous Nintendo handhelds is that this is an awesome, immersive handheld system for horror games. I was playing Outlast in bed the other night with the lights off and the <laughs> headphones in, and you just have, like, you'd have the screen two inches from your face, and it's genuinely scary because you're, ice. it's sort of like, almost almost like doing VR or something and that you're that close into it and everything else is You know out. why this game works so well, though, on uh, in handheld mode is because most of the game is experienced through a camera viewfinder. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like there's not this expectation that you're looking at reality. It's yep. like you're constantly managing like battery, like light uh, condition and everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I think that just works really well with I this. agree, yeah. And it sort of masks the fact that this is not the best looking game to be playing in 2018 but when you're playing through the, when you're playing the game like in night vision with an old yep. HD camera and stuff like that uh, it just works it comes together and you know if you if if you're curious about what happens right we have a little footage of it here where you see kind of like the outside of the the house once you get in you will find some really creepy things mm-hmm. and you will always see stuff out of the corner of your eye yeah and stuff will move and stuff will kill you and yep. it's really really creepy I I, I just the, I would break the mics if I shouted fatal frame as loudly as I want to right now. Like, I, I, I just looking at the Switch and then thinking about this, it's like, what is didn't Fatal Frame came to Wii U? Wii U, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No one, yeah. And no one played it. Uh, there were, it was not. It was Jared. It Jared was played not it. the most, the most lucid iteration of Fatal was Frame. That a, was that an eShop um, only title? For yeah. Wii U? Yes. In, uh, States, in certain I regions, yeah. So. I, I will go out and say that that was probably the least advertised Nintendo game of the last 20 years. I yeah. think they didn't have confidence in it. Of course, yeah. And it was a little late in the cycle at that point. But I would love to see that game get ported now. That feels like the kind of thing where nowadays, you know, in in, in terms of getting like a, a big-ish title every month, that's a, that's a perfect one to do in the next few months and just sort of put it out there or do it for Halloween or something. Actually, like I don't want that one ported. I just want a new one, I think. Let's just, yeah. let's just, yeah, let's just have Were Fatal Frame. Were you not Frame. a fan of that one? You've moved I think we I think we can do better with Fatal I think, Frame. Okay. I think the Switch could use a, a nice, fresh Fatal Frame. Like, yeah. that would be really cool to see that, especially with, like, that cardboard Labo camera. That's really smart. Um, Jared what wants was, it. What was was it? Silent Hills Shattered Memories on Wii. Yeah, that was Wii. That's the one I was talking about I, earlier. I love that game. That game's great. It's I, really good. Nobody played it. it. It's it gives you it gives you a psychological examination yeah. before you start playing, and then tailors the game to be scarier. And, and more influenced by the things that you find disturbing. I and, love that. And it's not just the jump scares. It's like there will be kind of the mood and thematic things here that kind of make you feel creepy, we yep. think. Yep. And then you, you can't fight. You just you can run away. You got that flashlight. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really smart because there's just horrifying monsters everywhere, and it's uh, like non-combative. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah, yep. really cool game. I hope that, that comes over. I didn't know you liked that game. Oh, dude, man, I'm a treasure chest of weird old games like that. I'm just like oh. you. That's why we get along. I just There's weird stuff in my head. <laughs> that's why we're bald. Yeah, that's what it is. That's I traded my hair in for <laughs> memories of abandoned Wii games. There we are. For the record, just in case you're wondering too, um, Outlast on Switch runs very well. It runs exceptionally. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's almost exactly like um, what we had on PS4 and Xbox One and PC. So definitely um, make sure you pick that up if you're a horror fan and you have a Switch. Cause yep, definitely it's the horror game to get on and the Switch. And did you mention this? The second one's coming in like a... Like right, March 29th? Yeah, it's like... Is that three, the day? I believe 25 so. days, 26 days, when, yeah. whenever you're hearing this. Yes. Yeah. And I actually haven't played Outlast 2. Oh, yeah. I don't think I did either. I think played I... did a little bit. Yeah. 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 Did yeah. you like it? Uh, yeah. More Outlast? It was, it's like seven. It's a, it's a seven. seven. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like good, seven. It's good, but not great. <laughs> it's like yeah. seven. I, yeah, I talked about this before. I'm kind of done running in games. I just, I want to be all powerful and kick ass. <laughs> oh, and like, I, yeah. And you only like it. Kirby. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Kirby, right? I, I appreciate yeah. Outlast, but I'm I don't want to stay in those houses very long. You don't want to you <laughs> want to slowly creep around and read dossiers. I think I hit that point when I was playing Resident <laughs> Evil Four and I was waiting for the elevator while being chased by a giant beast. I'm like, no, no. 
I'd rather be like jumping on people's heads now. I will yeah. install yeah. a trapdoor under your chair if you dare besmirch Resident Evil 4. <laughs> this it's a, any it's of a great game, but like I, I, I frequently ask myself if this is my genre. And like, uh, I, you know, I play a lot of uh, racers and adventure games yep. and platformers and stuff. So. But you realize the comment you just made about Resident Evil 4 is the reason we got Resident Evil 5. Uh, again, yep. yeah, we it's want power. Thanks. We want some well, control. I like that. I like that less. <laughs> so I'm incredibly inconsistent. Well, another slightly scary game, I guess you'd call it scary, yeah. that came out uh, this week is uh, Radiation Island on Switch. <laughs> I don't know if that's the game you thought I was going to bring up, but... <laughs> I, okay, no, no, I, did, I didn't know where you were going. I'm like, well, all of these are kind of scary. Um, so I'm playing Radiation Island, uh, so... Quick history on this game. I first bought it for iOS a couple years ago. I found it to be unplayable with touchscreen controls. Yeah, it's not good. With then that. I saw it was coming. I'm a big fan of the sort of survival crafting type of games like here and there, Rust right? Style yeah, games, stuff like yeah. that. Um, this game is, uh, I will flat out say, not a good game. It is <laughs> straight up janky. And the funny thing about this game is that it's. The, it reminded me of being a little kid where you didn't know you were playing a bad game until you started reading professional reviews. Yeah. So I jumped online and I started reading about this game and I was like, oh, everyone hates this game. I'm enjoying it. I think I put like 12 hours into this <laughs> game over last weekend. So basically, you're this dude. You wake up on this island. I think you're doing in some test facility Philadelphia stuff. Experiment yeah. Philadelphia Experiment. Philadelphia. Yeah. And so uh, radiation has struck the island and there are bears and angry zombie men everywhere and you have to build a house and you have to create items and you get hungry and if you get too close to certain things you get radiated now here's a cool thing about that the game is janky as hell and there is a narrative excuse behind that in my own mind because I blamed everything on radiation. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a point in this game where I climbed to the top of a mountain and got into a paraglider type of thing, and I crashed into a tree so hard that when I landed, a bear was there and he started mauling me. And when I woke up, all of the textures in the game we're gone. Well, that's just your because eyes. of the radiation. It's because your eyes got burned off. Yeah, so you know? I don't know if yeah. that's like a glitch in the game or if that was because oh, like... it's a feature. Yeah, it's a feature. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can see the radiation on screen, right? Yeah, now, I actually like love we got a flicker screen. right here. Yeah. Is that our capture or is that... Uh, no, that's the radiation. Th this, oh. game, this game has hard, straight up hard crashed on me three times, but yeah. it always remembers where I was, which is cute of it to it, do. It has, you know, I agree with everything you just said, yeah. but there is some slight... Charms yeah, in this game. Charm. Yeah. yeah, you can play it in like this exploration mode um, if you're not into the whole survival thing, mm -hmm. and just kind of see the island for what it is. And that's really the way that I checked it out. And I, I got to the top of, uh, I think it's the highest mountain in the game. Yeah, and there's like a hand glider there. Yeah, just yeah. chilling there yeah. for you to experiment it, with. It feels like a vaguely adult version of the game Lost in Blue, which is. <laughs> There you go. That's why, that's why we're bald. <laughs> deep cut, deep cut. What? Which is like an old DS game, right? <laughs> what? what are you talking about? <laughs> or Survival Kids or any of those old games, right? Oh, yeah. oh no, that's a good game. See, there we go. Okay, there we Survival go. Kids, great. I knew I had that, you there. That, you played it, right? Yeah, um, oh my God. You guys are really digging deep in those uh, I know. bald, bald domes. Here, you know yeah. you played some Survival Kids. Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, this game, it's like $3 on Steam. It's $9.99 in the eShop. It will get a price cut probably tomorrow <laughs> uh, and and if you if you want to if you might want a sort of crafty style game uh, a large-ish open world style game for switch a game where you can uh hunt bears or build guns um, or glitch through a bear or fall through the yeah. geometry yeah. into the hell yep. if There's you that. if you think it's rad I got uh, that's there. Yeah, that's not a good joke. That's a very bad joke. Um, another release this week that has been making the rounds has is a uh, bridge constructor portal. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's out I like on that Switch. better. Finally, yeah. I, yep. I played a little bit of it last night. Um, I think we have some footage going to pop up on the screen for those of you mm -hmm. watching the video podcast. Um, but it's fun. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. Just put Malaka back up. That'll work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's a fun, cool game. It's also available on iOS, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam, I believe. Yeah. 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 yeah I so, was, oh, go ahead. You, you, did you play it a bunch? No, I was on, I was in Gamescast uh, uh, yesterday and um, our Games Daily and uh, Gary Witta was uh, talking about it. He's a big yeah. fan of Bridge Constructor. Oh, and good. He, he sold me on it. Uh, just a kind of a cool physics simi 
actiony, arcadey planning. Oh wait, this is going to work. Oh, it's totally not working. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's not like video game Guy Fieri. <laughs> no, this this game has a little bit more of a puzzle element. I mean, this Polybridge is also on the Switch. Also mm, another yep. bridge builder game where you know get from the left side to the right side, and it gets more and more complicated. And you have to build like in World of Goo. You have to do little cross beam constructions to make sure nothing fails. In this game, they add first of all snarky Glados to the um, to the mix, so yep. she'll make jokes. And just always say horrible things about their little test test subjects and uh, their demises, and blame you for it. Like mm-hmm. when when you kill the first test subject, she says something like, "A photo of you has been placed in the in the in the folder of the dead person for the family to see." Yeah. Uh, like they there are lots of like real like really like nasty um, little jokes in that game. But this game has portals, and it doesn't just have the orange and blue one. They actually introduce like portal pairs. They're saying, hey, for the purpose of this test facility, now we're switching portals and green leads to green and red leads to red and blue leads ah. to blue. So not the blue-orange setup from the beginning. Okay. It starts with that. So closer so, to what you got in the in the co-op mode with the robots in Portal 2. Yeah, right, and so right. you get these really complex screens um, later on where it's like you have like seven different portal types and like you, your car comes from the left, drives through one portal, falls out of the, comes out of the other one, falls to its doom, and then you have to kind of build these ramps and contra- contraptions to make sure the car makes it through. That's you, basically the premise. You had me at like World of Goo, but this just sounds even better. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing is that when we first played World of Goo, it felt really slick and smooth. And you can tell that this is a port, a steam yeah. port. Yeah. And so it doesn't quite, like the cursor movement and everything is not say, as smooth. I was having issues with that. You can zoom in though. Yeah. So you can zoom in and it's easier to snap to things. And then uh, you can also use the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. So when you're zooming in and using touchscreen, it works pretty well. I, I wish it worked straight up the way World of Goo does on on Switch because yeah. I think the touchscreen controls in that game are, are fantastic. I, yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, that, that that's true. Like it doesn't run smoothly enough for that. Like it's not like this game is choppy, right? No, like, no you're no, looking no, yeah. at one screen and you're not moving uh, that much. But it, it it isn't as slick and smooth as World of Goo was. Yeah, mm. right. um, I really hope this is. I, I don't know. I, I hope this is a gateway or a portal to bring the old Portal games to Switch because they're that would oh, be man. perfect for that. Your oh. joke was way better than my joke. What was yours? The stupid rad, rad thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that port, you guys got a couple more left better. to go. We'll, yeah, exactly. I'm sure we'll There's find some hit. room left in these bald heads. Well, he's, yeah. he's funnier than I am. That's just kind of how it works anyway. I love the GLaDOS snark. I'm actually just as excited about that as I am the mechanic. I Portal is the funniest video game I've is, ever yeah. played. Mm-hmm. It has two characters, one of whom is silent. Yep. And that leaves GLaDOS making me yeah. laugh the entire time. So I am I just want to play a game where I can listen to her taunt me for three hours. She, that sounds great. Yeah, she says horrible things. I will say this is a third party that made this game. So it's not like this is like your your core Portal team right. that worked on right. it. The writing isn't quite as good mm. as in Portal 1 and Portal 2, which have freaking amazing humor mm-hmm. um, and amazing puzzles. But it is a, it is a really good bridge constructed game. I, I like it better than Polybridge. So if you haven't played any of these puzzle games, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely worth playing. Right. Cool. Yeah. And I would say that it, it maintains somewhat of the same charm that the Portal games do with GLaDOS and everything like that. Like, it definitely gives you that vibe. It, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it starts with a sequence where you're being, you're a little paper cutout man. Mm-hmm. You're being interviewed for your job. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the hand-drawn person from the Portal games. Oh, right? cool. And, like, you're being interviewed for a job, and, like, if you answer the question uh, incorrectly, you're dropped to your death, basically incinerated. <laughs> like, the foreman, until you get them all right, you constantly get What's funny, though, too, it. is that it makes you think you're answering them correctly, yes. and then it kills you. Yeah, <laughs> like, you literally goes, nope. Good have night. To probably go yeah. against your own answers. Yeah, oh, I thought that whole man. section was, like, really charming. I, I love that joking awesome. games. I had a friend in, in college that was really cantankerous, and you could never make him happy. And a friend of mine made an RPG Maker game about that guy, and it was just one long dialogue tree <laughs> that you were trying to get down, and any failure would instantly kill That's you. Yeah. Say, yeah, yeah, I loved that. Yeah. That's cool. Well, every week we have a pick of the week on NBC. And my pick of the week this week, I didn't even Radiation ask you guys. Island. <laughs> no, I agree with you on this one. So okay, okay. Yeah. I apologize for not asking you, but um, yeah, Radiation Island. Yeah. Oh man. Um, no, it's actually Mulaka. Mulaka released this week on Nintendo Switch, I believe, March first. Mm-hmm. So um, this game is a very special game. It's a indie game developed by a very small studio in Ch- from Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, and so there aren't a lot of Switch games that obviously 
obviously are being developed in Mexico or especially Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, but this team in particular, uh, this is sort of a passion project for this team because they worked very, very hard um, and alongside the Tara Muhara tribe of northern Mexico, Chihuahua, Mexico, which is the native people of their land, and they actually live alongside them. So it's really cool that they were able to sort of take a game or an idea for a game and um, work with them to preserve their culture, their myths, their legends, um, and convey it in... Honestly, in my opinion, our modern day best version or best way to tell a story. Yeah, so this is, I'm, I'm mesmerized by this guy trying to uh, align the puzzle. Yeah, this I, is this is one of the crazy puzzles in the game. Um, <laughs> you're going to see a few of these as you play through. Uh, what I really like about this game in particular is that um, it's really reminiscent of like old school, like double A type style games, um, similar to like what you would find in. Uh, I don't know, like Jack and Dexter or something like that. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, and I've, I've been playing a lot of this too. I really like it. I had, I had, a, you and I had a conversation when we were early on in this game. We were both kind of like, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm a little lukewarm on it. And I played more and more, and your character gets better and better, and the environments, uh, frankly, become more and more interesting. I think the tutorial area at the beginning is a, a bit, a bit sort of spacious and a little bland. Yeah, and then it gets really interesting. The art style really opens up and become, you know, kind of becomes its. Own. Uh, the combat uh, and platforming feel a little bit floaty, but uh, at their best, I think there's kind of little shades of beyond good and evil-ish kind of mm. stuff. Yeah, that actually, that's a really good comparison. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Like in the beginning, it's very, very linear, kind of like this. It the the tutorial kind of outstays as well. Yeah. It's welcome. It's like you here's how you do this thing. Now do that. And I'm like, well, mm. no, I got it. Do I really need to still do this? Right. Yeah. Um, but once once it opens up, um, I, I think the style is definitely very unique. Yeah, I um, think what, I think what Philip said is totally on point. And said in that like this is the story kind of story that can only be told like through a video Metroid. game through this medium. Um, yeah. I, I think in, because of that, the sort of UI is almost intentionally obtuse and li like just looking at the footage now, like you're like, <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Like, yeah. is that an emoji in the upper right corner? <laughs> <laughs> There's all these words you've never heard before. But that's I think video games are about escapism. They're about learning about things that you didn't know about before and and visiting those worlds in a way that you couldn't through sort of like a book yep. or a film. So yeah. I think I, this is a really special game. I'm really glad it's out. I saw that uh, it's actually doing pretty well on the eShop charts, so that's you know super cool to see a small team working on something. Yeah, and new new game too, right? Yeah. So it's nice to have a Switch game day and date like this, like to to come out. Yeah, rather than being an, an, an established indie that gets ported mm -hmm. over. And you say this is based on on a particular tribal Native American group of cultural stories, right? It's fascinating. Who are known I, I, for their detective vision, as you saw. I, I, <laughs> but no, really, I, I'm mm -hmm. fascinated by this. It's. Um, uh, that's an area of history I really enjoy, and mm -hmm. so this is this is must play for me. I'm really excited to. Yeah, yeah. I did not know what this was about. I, I had seen a little bit, but I didn't know the background at all. So I'm just thrilled. And you can it, punch a pheasant. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I actually got a chance to interview the developers of this game, um, and I learned a lot about it too as I was playing it. And they they specifically told me everything in this game has a purpose um, because, like, the enemies, the items you find. The the uh, plants that you have to harvest to create new items, they all have lore behind them that actually trails back to the Tara Mahara, which is what this uh, game, or the tribe that this game is based off of. That so cool. it's, it's all rooted in their legends, and um, it, tell us. it just brings it to life. <laughs> um, it's, it's really cool seeing stuff like this um, come through, you know, yeah. especially in small companies. Um, in, a, in, a, in the world today where we have like these giant AAA games coming out, a game like this can still shine and be appreciated uh, mm -hmm. for what it is and, and the sort of cultural preservation that it's providing for these yeah, people. Yeah, I so. agree. Also, you know, the, the combat's doing some really interesting stuff that feels kind of Zelda-esque at times where right. you basically have to approach certain enemies with certain situations in certain ways. In the same way when you see the spiky enemies in Zelda and you're like, I gotta bust my shield mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. and hit them or flip them over or something like that. There's a lot of that at play here too. And when they start throwing combinations of those enemies at you, it actually gets pretty smart and chaotic. So yeah, so, give this a look. So this is two very artsy games coming out in in the course of a month. What you say, this versus Faye? Which one would you? Would I thought you, you were talking about Radiation Island. Yeah, yeah. Radiation <laughs> Island is very very. I mean, they do use a beautiful use of minimalism when they take all the textures away from the game by accident. So I think that Radiation <laughs> Island is probably yeah. the number one Switch game of all time. That it's a very hard question. I wasn't. 
um, I didn't review either of these games, and I didn't finish either of them yet. Okay. But um, from what I've played so far, I lean towards Mulak. Okay. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, cool. I've played both probably about as much as you have, Philip, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of in the same boat. I like a lot of what Faye is doing, but I think that ultimately this feels like it just comes together a little bit better and right. clicks a little more. It feels slightly less obtuse while still being a little confusing. Yeah. And full disclosure, I still own stock in Electronic Arts, so I'm not going to comment. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, switch over to question block now. And question block today comes from Michael D. Mike D from the Beastie Boys? Mike D from the Beastie Boys. All right. Probably not, but still. Probably not. Um, and Mike emailed us at our email, nbc at ign.com, just like you can as well if you would like to send us questions for our question block. Mike asks, what would be the best IP for Nintendo to games as a service? For Nintendo to games as a service. <laughs> what, would, uh, what would you do to that game to make it that way? In my opinion, I would pick Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So what he's asking is like, what Nintendo franchise would work best as a game as a service or games as a right. service? Service. And so I guess to, to contextualize, what are what are some games at the serv- games as a service games that you guys like? All right. Well, I like I used to be a huge Destiny fan. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, massive Destiny fan. I used to be a massive um, Division fan as well. Oh yeah, I played I played a lot of the so, Division. So it's a game that keeps you playing for a long time through new content releases and like quests that appear. Yep. Right. Like at its most basic, it could be something like Overwatch, where new characters get introduced, or Splatoon, right? right where right. new new things get unlocked. But the more involved ones have like actual quests and missions. So the first right. thing that pops into my mind with this is uh, a Pokemon action MMO. Um, yes. I think oh. that that would be a great yeah. games as a service game. I mean, it done properly, and I think Nintendo would probably do it properly. Uh, that, you know, you have all these characters you can roll out, all these scenarios you can build, all these matches at different gyms you can introduce, mm-hmm. new regions, all kinds of stuff you could do with, with group quests together, rivalries. Imagine what you could set up with groups of players that, that, right. that became rival gyms. I, I think that's where I'd go first if I were Nintendo. That's, that's, a, that's a dream franchise to apply any MMO stylings to, I feel you like. You know what, though? It, it doesn't necessarily have to be an MMO. Right. Like, what I would like is something like Destiny, where it's, like, shared world, yeah. but in the world of Pokemon. That's why I said action yeah. MMO. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. making it accessible enough that you could play it on the Switch easily and not have run into p- communications barriers. Something that, frankly, a kid could play yep. and, and do pretty well with, but an adult could also have enough depth to enjoy. So I think it would be more action-oriented. Uh, but yeah. still be multi- massive. I've, I have one very different. I, I was lucky enough to experience uh, a little bit of BS Zelda. I was going to bring <gasps> that up in, in was, Japan, yes. right? When it was out on the Satellaview, uh, yeah. which was this, this uh, add-on to the Super uh, Famicom, the Super NES. Strangely, this is the second time this episode Satellaview has come up. It oh, was great. in the first yeah. segment yeah. as well. Awesome. But but B, <laughs> BS Zelda, the concept is that there are quests, and in that, in that case, there was narration with it and challenges and stuff like that. But how cool would a... A Legend of Zelda 2D game, like Link to the Past style or Link Between Worlds style visuals, where new content gets released every week and you have a new quest you have to embark on. Mm-hmm. And you could even give it the Four Swords treatment where people work together and, and play together to together. This is why I love yeah. it here. That, yeah. li- yeah. that is my exact, that's it right there. I was e- literally going to say, E-T-L- yeah, I was going to say, Ouch. I was going to say, I want a Four Swords <laughs> style BS Zelda style. I, so I did a um, a let's play of the Satellaview BS Zelda game with Frank Cifaldi from the video game history museum last year here on IGN we published it it's amazing because it is the top down Legend of Zelda for NES but things are remixed and things are weird and every now and then this god voice comes out and he's like you must find five bombs. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, who's talking to me? And yep. then you go out in the world and you find them. And then eventually the game ends. Uh, but mixing in the multiplayer of Four Swords, maybe even putting it in the Breath of the Wild engine. Actually, what, what I'd oh, go for mm-hmm. here, I'm, I'm going to take nuts. your thing, but I'm going to go a little bit, everything you're saying, okay. except maybe not. Oh, I love Breath of the Wild engine. But what if we just went ahead and made this what Zelda Maker becomes? Yeah. So it's I'll Zelda Maker, it. but all your dungeons that you make with your friends can link together. You each build sections, but then they hook together. There are natural hooks, so you're playing through each other, and then the worlds, and then every week Nintendo's introducing new items, new content, new dungeons, new challenges, and you've still got all the Maker stuff. And that's how you keep, because Zelda, unlike Mario Maker, where it's about individual levels, and Zelda's dungeons, you're going to need a hook that's a little deeper. Yeah. And I think that ability to combine worlds and get new content every week would be a really good match. And it's that. that's a little bit like D&D, where like the, the, you know, one person knows the quest 
and is kind of like the the all-knowing god and the others are competing like you mm -hmm. could do that where like oh now we're playing my part of the dungeon and like oh. i know where the traps are but you guys don't like yeah. Yeah. it could be really yeah. really cool yeah or you I could agree. design it in such a way that there's certain generic exits that are algorithmically connected to somebody you've never met's dungeon Ooh. and the four of you are playing through together and you just keep going through the world's different challenge dungeons and i'll buy that yeah i'll buy that right now jared yeah. i agree i'll yeah. i'll pay uh, i'll pay money every month to stay on that plan that I sounds amazing yeah. I, i'm not crazy about a lot of games as a service but i would play that all right yeah i think a lot of people would i'd play it too mm -hmm. all Take right it. well that's our show this week thank you all so much for watching listening we're a weekly show on ign.com but you can also find us on youtube and any of your favorite podcasting services so definitely make sure you're subscribed if you aren't already pair what are you working on this week anything fun going on oh just Planning. We actually have a um, a, a new uh, leader joining our games editorial team, um, Tina Amini, who used to be at uh, Mashable. She used to be at Kotaku before. So I'm excited to just kind of dig in for the next couple of days and and kind of show her everything that's going on at IG. Sure. Yeah, nice. It'll be awesome. Yeah, Tina's awesome. Yeah. Brian, you got anything going on? Uh, yeah, we put up a new episode of Beyond um, where we talked about Metal Gear, the new Metal Gear game, which, you know, is not great, but has some interesting stuff in it. Um, but the thing I'm really proud of this week is we just put up an interview today that I did with Alicia Vikander, who uh, uh. is Lara Croft in the new Tomb Raider movie. Um, and it was she, also a creepy robot. In Ex, Ex Machina, <laughs> yeah, which is one of my favorite sci-fi really movies of the last 10 years. Yep. Uh, so go check that out. It's on IGN, YouTube, everywhere else. It's up right now? Yeah, it's up right now. I will put it nice. in the description of this video. Oh! Snap. What a good pal. And Jared, what have you been working on? Well, I, I upended my life, <laughs> quit my job, and decided to become a full-time content creator. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, uh, as of about a week ago, I stepped out to make things I want to make. Uh, I'm working with Kind of Funny Games, hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily and Kind of Funny Games Cast with them. But uh, what I'm doing most of the time now is working on Hop, Blip, and a Jump, which is a part diary, part documentary series about how everything we love in games is connected. Uh, you can find that at hoplipjump.com. Uh, which first episode's up, right? Yeah, first yeah. episode's up, and I think it's pretty good. Oh, I love um, it. I love it's, it. I, I don't think in the world of games that there's been anything quite like this before, and in, in a good way. I, I'm frankly proud of my work on this. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's not like what you've seen before, and I, it's worth your time. It's a bite-sized series of, of short documentaries. The first one's like eight and a half minutes long. They all feed into the next. The end of the last is the beginning of the new one. The first episode was... It's documentary as a service. Yeah. The first, uh, <laughs> yeah but we don't charge it per episode. <laughs> Yeah, so my, my first episode uh, deals with uh, the time I spent in a mental hospital over last winter and how Mario, it's actually very Nintendo-centric on that particular episode, helped bring me out um, uh, of that time and, and get better. The show isn't centered on any one platform. As a matter of fact, our second episode is about how console wars turned out to be a good thing for us, mm -hmm. um, and that's in preparation right now. But uh, I know a lot of people out there uh, ask you for your support and your subs and click that like and click that bell and the rest. Uh, and you've got a lot of folks competing uh, for your time. Uh, if you want to support me on Patreon, I think this project's worth it and different. And this is now how I make my living. So uh, your help would be appreciated. Terrifying and awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think it's awesome. It's just great that you mustered up the courage to do this. And What's that Patreon URL? Uh, you can get there at hopblipjump.com or hopblipandajump.com or Patreon.com slash Jared Petty. So hoplipjump.com is easy to, to remember, I think. And yeah, and you can watch the video on YouTube. And I'm still making pop, Pockets Full of Soup for those who ask. That that series is an important part of my life, and it's not going away. So. I was on that. that was yeah, you were on that. You were. People loved that episode. Oh, good, um, good. You, You've been on there. Brian's been on several. Actually, I just managed to lose one of Brian's episodes. So that yeah. was fun. That was great. Uh, like yeah, that was delightful. Uh, there was a hole in my microphone uh, cable. That was great. No. Uh, and Philip, 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 okay. I forgot. Sorry, I can't talk today. <laughs> Philip, um, come on sometime, please. Yeah, I would love awesome. to. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Also, we teased Philip about this a lot before, but that shirt is awesome. But as Brian pointed out, that is a magic eye shirt right That's there, awesome. my friend. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Oh, cross your oh, eyes and look at my shirt. My eyes. <laughs> yeah, look at it. When, 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 when we showed that earlier, Brian's like, I'm really good at magic eye. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me when yeah. I saw that shirt. Yeah. The day we met, actually. Uh, one thing, too, also before we close out, uh, we just hit 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. Oh, my God. Oh, cool. Yay, us. Congratulations, that us. Rules. That's awesome. 40 out for us. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Thank you guys very much. And uh, stay tuned for something very special dropping on Saturday. Ooh. Someone Ooh. has a birthday that day. Who could it be? Is it me?
Is it Brian? I don't know. See you guys soon. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.